What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Skate Through Life podcast, the show that works the skills and drills you need to master your life one week at a time through personal development, conquering your fears, and of course, falling on your face, then getting back up again. I'm your host, self-mastery coach, amateur roller skater, and outspoken non-binary femme, L. Tommy. Are you ready to roll? Let's lace up and hit the pavement. Hey, howdy, hey, skater. It is a new week, and this week, let's make it about a new you. No beating around the bush in the intros this week, my friend. No way. I want to talk about what it means to step outside of ourselves this week and how we can learn more about building confidence in who we want to become through stepping into becoming someone new altogether. In my personal experience, this has been one of the biggest confidence boosters and lessons I have ever ever encountered. And I want to talk about it today because I think it is one that we generally dismiss or overlook because we don't want to be seen as a phony. We already are wearing too many different masks in our lives and are working towards becoming just the single best expression of ourselves. Or it seems to be in line with the often poor advice of just fake it until you make it. And that leads us to end up feeling like we're pretending to be someone that we are not. I do want you to pretend you are someone you are not. Sort of. <laughs> and only for this purpose and in a controlled way, consider this a little experiment because I know you're going to learn such amazing and expansive things from this process. And I'm going to evidence this to you through my own, albeit very extreme, <laughs> example of this, okay? How long has it been since you played dress up, skater? How long has it been since you did some role playing or improv? What about it is making you recoil with the icks or lean in a little bit more with some intrigue? We talked in episode nine about the importance of becoming more playful. And I would love for you to take today's skating lesson in that stride. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet on how to become more playful and make more space for play, I cannot possibly recommend it enough. Play is where we can be the most expansive. All of my Capricorn placements have rejected that for many, many years, but it is true. This week, let's play with the art of disguise. Alter ego, persona, characterization. Are you ready to become someone new just for a little bit? I think you are. Let's hit the pavement, friends. I have been thinking a lot about the concept of leveraging personas lately, because over the last year, I have developed a new interest that loosely relates in ways <laughs> to another key interest of mine, wrestling. Yes, you heard that right. Like, do you smell what the rock is cooking? Hulk Hogan, breaking chairs and tables, wrestling. 
I truthfully <laughs> wasn't really sure how into wrestling I was going to be when my partner first suggested that we go check out an event. I had watched WWE when I was growing up at all of my sleepovers with one of my BFFs. We'd get into the drama and the action and obviously pretend that we were in relationships with all of our favorite players. But as an adult, I'd not thought a thing about wrestling in as many years as I could count. But I was up for the fun, and so we went down to our favorite basement date spot, shout out to Propeller Arcade, you are a dream, and we took in the show. Here are the things that I was struck by at this wrestling event. One, wow, there are a lot more non-men here than I expected there would be. Two, fishnet head-to-toe is a look that we should all explore a little more often. Three, all sporting theater should be interactive in this way. And four, how beautiful is it where we make space for people to dress up any way they want? That last point is also one of the things that I think is more important about queer spaces. They're about exploring other parts of ourselves and being able to do so publicly. People were dressed up for this event. They were dressed up in their own costumes and as their own personas, even if they were not wrestling themselves. It was like being at a really specifically themed Halloween party. And I absolutely heckin' loved it. And so now when we go to these events, I like to dress up in my own wrestling persona too, so that I can feel immersed in the chaos and the strangeness and the whimsy that is the world of wrestling. And if you're following me on Instagram, you've probably seen me share the pictures of my partner and I when we go to these events because I think it's super fun and I just love to share it with you all. It is the most fun really and it creates space for other humans to interact with me differently too. When I show up in these spaces dressed up, dressed ready for the occasion, by showing up in costume to participate, I'm saying, I am here. I am open to community. I am part of this theater and I love it. I'm able to let go of that little piece of myself that is scared. The piece of myself that fears judgment or fears being seen as not part of the group because I don't know enough about bumps and arm bars and engineered rivalries. I will never forget the end of my very first uh, wrestling event down in the arcade. Someone came up to me and they said, what do you think about this happening and this person winning? And I just had no opinion on the matter <laughs> because at that point I didn't understand all of the engineering that goes into uh, the rivalries and goes into who's in alliance with one another and why they're fighting each other and why one needs to win and the other needs to lose so that the storyline can move forward. It was a world unlike any that I had really been exposed to. So those parts of me that were fearing rejection, they got to be overridden by this playful part of me that said, okay, let's play dress up. Let's have the fun. This is where I want you to begin on your own journey into greater self-confidence skater.
in this space of play, in this space of fun. Because as I share from my own experience, taking in the wild world of wrestling culture live for the first time, the ability to feel comfortable in our surroundings, that is the first step forward into a greater sense of confidence and ease of being who we are, as we are around other people. Think about where you feel the most free right now. Which spaces make you feel safe to be 100% yourself? This includes being able to share parts of yourself, your thoughts, your ideas, your dreams, that you might not otherwise feel safe to share in other spaces. We are tapping into that today. Confidence at its very root comes from a place of safety. It doesn't need to be big and bold. It just needs to feel all right to be yourself. Now expressing confidence more boldly, more outwardly, even when we don't feel that complete sense of safety, that is the next leg of this journey. And for that, I'm going to bring you into my big queer world of drag and my own alter ego who changed my sense of self-confidence irreversibly forever, Dolly Mother Heckin Pardon. All right, roll on with me, would ya? Let's do it. Wrestling and drag? <laughs> I promised you a fun episode this week, did I not? When I tell y'all that drag changed my entire life, I was not kidding even one bit. Becoming a drag performer has given me more confidence to use my voice and speak up about issues that I care about. It's given me more confidence in my ability to be seen by others, reduced my fear of judgment from other people. Drag has given me way, way more confidence in my body image and how I show my body in public. And it's given me more confidence to experiment with my fashion, my hair, my aesthetics. I'm sure there's a lot of other benefits not sitting on the top of my head, but drag for me has been a beautiful foray into trying on what it might feel like to be someone else. Someone who has that voice that is worth listening to. Someone who is confident in how they look and not afraid of their body being seen. Someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously and can laugh at themselves. I have always thought of my drag as clowning. And once you have a high heel shoe or a wig come flying off your head mid-performance, there really isn't much else you can do but laugh. Drag has also given me a gift of feeling more secure in asking for what I want and need. I ask my audiences for things all the time. To tip me, to cheer, to support my castmates and bandmates, to sing along. I ask, they answer. Every time that happens, my confidence in my ability to ask for things from others grows. So what is the magic here? Am I just a person who was confident to begin with that drag then amplified for me? No, friend. <laughs> I mean, 
I have had my share of stage time and I feel pretty comfortable singing in front of other people. That's something I've been doing since I was a little kid, but doing drag, doing drag is different. <laughs> it is not just going on stage and singing a song that you've rehearsed. No, it is a fully embodied experience that involves your voice, your body, your face, so many things. And it was terrifying for me. Terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> I was so scared when I started doing drag. I felt like such an imposter. I felt like I had no idea what I was doing or where to begin. And I certainly did not feel like I knew how to embody being someone else, which is what drag is. The performance of gender, the performance of character. Not only that, I had to learn to be able to completely physically transform myself. The first number of times I went out in drag, I did so knowing that I had done my best, but that I looked like a bit of, okay, a lot of, a mess. <laughs> I was hot mess express. Remember my favorite lesson in coaching here though, okay? Be bad at things. Allow yourself to not be great at it. I did not feel beautiful in drag for quite some time. But before I felt beautiful, I felt something else. Something I think is truthfully more important. I felt powerful. I felt like somebody. I felt brave for being willing to leave my house as someone new. And the best part of this, because I looked so unlike myself, it felt a little bit more safe to go out into the world this way. If someone saw me at the grocery store the next weekend, it was unlikely they would even recognize me without all of the makeup and blonde hair, because blonde hair is Dolly's signature. Now, Skater, I obviously am not working to encourage you to become a drag performer, not at all, unless that's what you want to be. In which case, please reach out to me. I would love to hear about it and encourage you more in that journey. But what I do want is for you to learn from my experience of doing drag. Because doing drag felt like a massive crash course in building my confidence. Like being pushed into the deep end with no life preservers or water wings. And for me, this worked well. I was forced to swim, and so I was also pushed to grow. Because contrary to what we might think, that confidence is this place where we know already that we are destined to succeed and know that we will always win or come out on top or land the job or land the date. That's just not true. No, no, no. Confidence has very little to do with our relationship to success and everything to do with our relationship to failure. Be okay with being the clown. Being able to laugh when your wig comes flying off in the middle of your hit me baby one more time performance. Being all right with the performer that hits the stage after you, possibly being objectively much better at dancing or lip syncing or connecting with the audience than you are. Failure is not a marker of a lack of confidence. 
being able to be okay with failing is. Becoming a drag performer, something that felt incredibly out of reach for me before I began in 2017, gave me a space where I could play a lot with failure, with being really bad at the thing, with growing into becoming better at the thing. That is the second factor in building confidence. First, we have to feel comfortable with being seen. Second, we have to feel comfortable with being seen sucking and failing. The third element of this is my favorite part though. Factor number three is to borrow our confidence from someone else. And in the instance of creating an alter ego, like a wrestler or a drag performer, the who that we are borrowing from, yep, it's ourselves. (laughs) Just a different version of ourselves. As my persona Dolly morphed and changed and settled into who she would ultimately become, A lot of my decisions came from this question. What do I wish I could be like? This included how I looked, how I spoke, how I responded to other people, how I moved, how I walked. I consciously built this human who had aspects of their personality that were different than my own or that were enhanced versions of my own existing traits. Spending time as Dolly allowed me a safe space to practice flexing these new attributes and refining them. And then one day, as if by magic, Elle was suddenly able to draw on these attributes outside of drag themselves. I was able to take on some of the traits that I had given Dolly in my own life. And I did it without so much thinking about it, really. Just sort of happened because I had practiced. And this is not a fake it till you make it. I said that at the beginning of this episode. No, this is practiced embodiment, play and failure. And I know that you can do all of that too, Skater. So for today's skills drill, we are going to play with this. Okay, Skater, we're feeling comfortable and safe. We are open to failing hard. And now it is time that we create the persona we want to borrow from. To start this, I would really like for you to consider what parts of your life you feel some lack in right now. Are there certain places where you feel more or less sure of yourself or sure of your abilities? Are there rooms that you feel shy in? Oh my gosh, for me, for many, many years, being in a corporate environment in like a boardroom setting made me feel very shy. It made me feel like I did not know anything, even if I knew I knew things. (laughs) So we all have those spaces, okay? Is there an aspect of like dating that makes you feel as though you have a mouthful of sandpaper? When we zero in on the situations that we want to see our confidence bloom in, that helps support creating the right persona to help facilitate that growth. I know it's not conventional wisdom to focus on our limitations, but I truly believe the fastest route to change is in being okay with sitting with our own flaws a little bit. 
So give them some attention, but don't linger on them. Don't judge yourself for not feeling confident or intelligent enough at work or whatever your personal example is. Remember lesson number two. It's okay to fail. Be okay with failing. Now let's get to the fun part, okay? You will probably want your journal or a piece of paper, something that you can write on. I think that that will be really useful here because we're going to start to dream up the type of person who embodies the skills, traits, and abilities that you wish that you could summon. And maybe for you, this will start as like a word map. Like when's the last time that you did one of those cloud style word maps like you do in elementary school? I personally love them. I use them all the time, especially early in ideation for any project. So start there or somewhere similar. This is, this is your adventure, my friend. I will encourage you wholeheartedly, if nothing else, just to write this part down or draw it if you're artistically inclined or use a method of collaging it together. I personally have been playing a lot on this website called Landing Space, where you make vision boards and other collages, and it has been a great time. It's been so fun and has allowed me the freedom to create in a way that I can't really fail because it's all just trial and error. Okay, no more sidebars. <laughs> now, imagine, if you will, this person. I want you to imagine them in as much detail as you can muster. How do they look? What color is their hair? How do they wear their hair? How do they dress? What kind of catchphrase might they have? How do they spend their time? Where in the world might they be from? Are they of a different culture than you are? What is their backstory? Get as deep with this as you want or can to make this character feel real for you. It does help. When I was creating Dolly, I knew that she was being modeled after some kind of like Southern American, like all American girl and the 90s version of Barbie, where Barbie always had the blue eyeshadow and the really long blonde hair. That was my starting point. And everything else I pulled references from because, you know, would this all-American woman do this? Would she say that? How would she walk? How did she hold herself? This is what we're doing right now. We're creating your character, the character that fills the needs that you have, that fills the gaps that you have. And because you are the one creating them, no one knows them better than you do. I will remind you at this time too, that you can change things about this character, about this persona as often as you would like. They are your muse and you are their maker. So play with it as you wish. Finally, Skater, Give them a name. A name makes something or someone, as the case might be, feel that much more real. So name them because then you can reference them as if they are, in fact, a real person. It's a fun exercise, right? And it's about to get even more fun, okay? <laughs> Stick with me. 
My experiences shared with you today are taking this exercise to the absolute extremes, but it does not mean that the principles of it can't be handled in a more day-to-day approach. Once you've created your alter ego persona, who has all those things that you think or you lack or that you wish you had embodied, you can try them on. Try them on at home to start maybe. Or do this with friends where you can plan a social evening of embodying your alter egos together. Maybe this could be a fun little role play date with your partner. You do you, boo. But begin to play with practicing to be them and see how it feels. Maybe play at home first and then take them on the road to do a work presentation, to a first date, to your next family function. Wherever it is that you might need that little boost of confidence. By learning from your alter ego, this alter ego you created, you can begin to learn parts of yourself that maybe didn't feel accessible to you before. Parts of your subconscious that have been seeking an outlet to be explored. Borrow from your alter ego's personality and confidence until it feels more natural to slip between the world of self and alter. I promise you it will come and it will feel authentically you because it is on some level. I want to share with you also that by creating Dolly, Part of that for me was to explore what being feminine meant. I knew that Dolly was going to be a super girly girl because I felt that that was something that I could not embody myself in my real life as Elle. I never felt feminine or girly. Even if I presented that way with my hair or makeup or how I was dressed, Inside, I never thought that I could access what that meant. I didn't really understand being dainty or demure. It it didn't feel like a part of me. And so I created Dolly initially to explore what it might feel like to be a feminine person. And while today I'm talking to you about how we can take an alter ego and borrow from them to boost our confidence, to boost our bravery. I think that's a big part of it. For me, when I really began to embody Dolly more, the more shows I did, the more public appearances I made, the more photo shoots, the more filming of videos during the pandemic, more, more, more leaning hard into this feminine person, this feminine character that I had created. That was where I learned and realized and was struck with my truth that I was a non-binary person, that I am a non-binary person. Because through Dolly, through drag, through creating this alter ego persona, I realized how much work it was to feel feminine and how unnatural it felt for me 
to be feminine. And so while there are many feminine aspects to myself and to my nature and my core and my feeling body, Dolly taught me that that femininity was a performance. And so I can now perform femininity. I can perform Dolly and she is this, you know, sweet girly girl. And that gives me an outlet to do that, but it has more impactfully in my life shown me that I was taking gender and my ideas about my gender for granted. And that's been very special for me. And that's been very helpful in my life because I truly feel grounded in my non-binary identity because I have spent time working noticeably and consciously at being femme and feminine. I think this is a very powerful exercise. I know it's a fun exercise and it's kind of silly and it allows us a lot of room for play and dress up and, you know, just exploration. I think that's so important, especially as adults where we're told we need to be serious to lean into that play. Go back to episode nine, like learn how to lean into playfulness. But I promise you, you will learn something about yourself that you are not aware is even there when you start to explore what would it look like if I became someone else. And maybe your realizations won't be the same as my own. They likely won't be, but I'm willing to bet that you will become more confident, more brave, and know yourself more intently and truly through playing with this exercise. And I really would love to hear about your experiences with it if and when you do. All right. I would truly love to hear all about your alter egos. So share them with me on Instagram at your coach L or send me an email and tell me all about them. Tell me what you hope to learn from them. I welcome all of that. I cannot wait to learn more about who you are working to be embodying and which of their traits you're planning to borrow from. So if this exercise is something that you explore and it works for you, please tell me all about it. As a reminder, again, there are only a couple more weeks to nab my this or that offer on my website. It is on the coaching page of my website and you will get one hour of my time. We can either consult my tarot deck or do some private one-on-one -on -one coaching for you. It will only cost you $77, so you do not want to miss out on this promotion. It is available again until February 1st, 2023. Finally, if you are ready to make 2023 your year and take this embodiment work to the next level, then maybe now is the right time to explore what private coaching with me might bring to your life. So let's connect today and sail through 2023 with more confidence, more happiness, stronger purpose, and maybe a new identity. <laughs> I got you, babes. And I hope that you have a wonderful week, skaters. I truly can't wait to see what you create with it. Love ya. Love yourself too. Catch ya. 
Thank you so much for skating with us today, friend. I hope you took away the tips you need to keep rolling on your own self-mastery journey. Be sure to find me over on Instagram at yourcoachl for even more insight. And feel free to reach out to me there with any skills or drills you would like to see covered here on the show. You can also visit me at ellentommy.com to learn more about working with me one-on-one. Now, go enjoy some rest, marinate on our lessons today, and I'll see you back here next week. Love ya. Love yourself too.